This is Snake. Can you hear me? Good. The mission is simple. Put your geek pants on and infiltrate Foxhound. If you need backup, contact Ken and Chris on their codec frequency. Ready? Snake out. Wait, do you have to wear the headphones the entire time? Yeah, well, I should probably just, uh, I mean, I don't have to, but I mean, I can take them off. You want me to take them off? I'll take them off. I was just asking but a question. halfway through, we lose our audio. I was just asking a question. That's all. You didn't you have want to. want me to. I, I don't I, even know I, if I want to do this can cast right feel, I feel like you don't like looking at the little, right side of my head right now. Feeling, I'm feeling a little attacked right now. Are you? Yep. Yeah, feeling a little attacked. Chris, so. I'm sorry. Would you like me to retire you? <laughs> no, please don't. I won't. Unless you're a replicant, in which case, then I will. Mm. Cells. Interlocked. Interlinked. 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 That would have been a perfect moment for you, like you're doing your big dialogue there from Blade Runner, and I just pull up and make nachos. That actually would. That would have been good. That would have been really good. I don't have nachos. Yeah, and I wouldn't be able to see you because you've mastered the art of being invisible. You know what? I'll take this off. No, leave it on. No. I understand no. why you're wearing it. It's also the fact that it's making my ear really sweaty. Yeah, that's what I thought. But wouldn't that also help too? This tells me we're recording something. Okay. Okay, so it doesn't tell you that we're recording audio. <laughs> okay. Okay, no, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Something's so... gotta get some audio. I mean So I guess I guess congratulations are in order. To us. To the Geek Pants Camcast for making it to, to the this big, channel and this show. And to us and for you, all 76 of you, for making it to issue, or not issue, uh, episode 5-0. I like saying issue, though. I kind of feel issue like... Issue kind of feels nice. Like, it feels right. When, when a comic made it to a 50th ep, or episode... It was a big deal. It was a big deal. You got some kind of die-cut cover or hollow foil cover. It was like triple-sized, yeah. you know? It actually Triple was price. like a big deal. You know, and you were excited because that meant that your your favorite mm -hmm. guy was still going to be uh you know saving exactly or whatever. You know? So to make this special, I'm going to tint the whole video to gold, and we're going to charge you to watch it. All right, sweet deal. Yeah. Except for me, right? Yeah, you can watch it for free. Okay, good. Yeah. Send me the the code. The code. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, but yeah, so uh, like as promised, this is issue or issue fifty, and as promised, 50. we're going to be doing Blade Runner. We're going to be doing Nacho Libre, and uh, we're going to round out that sandwich with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Ah, the sandwich. It's been an ongoing it's strange, reference. It's a strange sandwich. It has been an ongoing reference. Yeah, but it's good though. I'm enjoying it. I gotta say, it's a pretty good sandwich too. I think we should always have a sandwich in our videos. Uh, no. No. Nope. Because, no. I mean, you're going to obsess over which sandwich to inject yeah, and where true. to put it. That's and then true. every episode, you're going to be like, well, where did I put it last time? And eventually, it's going to get to the point where you're going to be like, Chris, I don't want to put a fucking sandwich in every episode. Mm -hmm. and, and then I'll go, first of all, it's issue. And second of all, I never said put a sandwich in there. And then yeah. you're like, it was all me. I did this. I obsessed about this. And here we are. You're right. And we're not going to be able to make everyone happy. And I'm already stressed for you. We, if, if we put a nice big bologna sandwich out here, vegans won't be happy with it. If we fair. put peanut butter and jam to out, fair, the gluten-free people, gluten people won't be happy with us. Yeah. Although you would have a not, a not assortment of gluten-free stuff, right? I, I I would have all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. I can't afford Is it, it weird shit? Yeah, it's weird shit. Is it? 
But is it just gluten-free and it's only weird because some people aren't gluten-free? It's gluten-free. It's, it's weird shit. It's, okay. good, it's gluten-free. All right. So it's, I guess it's tasty uh, and dry shit. to start things off, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us yeah, thank you. on the 50th issue. Thank you to our two watchers slash listeners who voted these topics. Yes, big fat thank you for you guys. Yeah. Uh, also, just thanks in general for everything. Uh, the occasional comments from time to time, so thank you for that. Uh, also, thank you for not correcting us whenever either one of us has made blatant errors in continuity, which mm-hmm. has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just typical speech pronouncement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't talk very often, yet here I am doing a podcast. Yep, exactly. So, Though I don't think I've really drooled much, which is amazing, considering my family does that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. That's no, this true. is awesome, though, because, like, it's been two years now. It's been Almost two, two years. years. We're one month away from two years of doing this. Exactly. One month away from two years of doing this. Yeah. And, uh, October 2017, we started at uh, Calico Coffee House. So I guess in October, we'll have to do another celebration because we've been doing this for two years. Right. We'll go full on Marvel. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll have a big 50th issue, make it go all like, yeah, they hit the milestone, then we'll yeah. reboot it. And we'll reboot it. Charge start it twice scratch, as much. And then, yeah. Twice of, twice of nothing is going to be exponentially nothing. more expensive, yeah. I can tell you that. It's a useless reboot. That's right. That's, that's all right. it is. Uh, and, and the best part is, is that we'll switch sides. Mm-hmm. So that's how they'll know it's different. Yeah, and we'll do the same topics, but in reverse. Okay, all right. So Blade Runner, <laughs> seminal classic Blade Runner from 1982. Chris, you want to hear something funny? Hold on a second. 1982. Put that in perspective. That's the same age as Kenneth and I. Yes. Yes. This came out the year we were born. Yep. And we're discussing it on a camcast in the year it takes place. <laughs> no, actually, it took place in 2019. Nope, 2017. 2019. Nope, 2017. I watched the final cut, and it's in 2019. <sighs> All right, fine. Whatever. Unless Ridley really just changed the date? Unless I'm referencing a another cut. But anyway, okay, so 2019 is the exact same year it came out. No, that's right, because it was 20 years later that the other... So maybe we feel bad, man. You're right. Okay. You're right, man. So proud of that and I was all, stupid point I was trying to make. Is it stupid? No. Because it was a point it, that it you excited felt me. About. It excited so me. If you felt strongly about it, it's not stupid. It's just strange, though, because I was watching. It was like, oh, 2019. I was supposed to make the So, right out of the gates, I'm going to tell you right now, I have almost universally list of loves for this movie. There is like maybe one, there's one for sure, but maybe two things that I didn't really like, and that was it. It's uh, how hot Rutger Hauer was. It was hard to pay attention. Actually, you know what's funny? He's so sexy with that big um, stare. No, you know what it was is that uh, <laughs> he has definitely got like that 30s tough guy body. Mm-hmm. And he's had that his entire life. And I remember just thinking like, uh, I don't. I wouldn't say it was sexy because it wasn't like he was doing anything sexy. Although no. it was kind of weird that he decided for the final battle to take all his clothes off. Yeah, ripped his clothes off. <laughs> like, and there was like there was no indication at all. Start slamming his head through walls. That that's what he was gonna do. It was just like one second you're like, okay, all right, and then the next you're like, why the fuck is he not wearing any clothes? I mean, <laughs> thank Christ he's wearing underwear. But I get it. All right, he's dying. Gonna die, go you know. naked like you came into the world. Um, so starting off, I love the cinematography. I love the way this movie was shot. Yeah. I love the new it noir setting. It looks insane. 
I love that you can still see, even to this day, how influential. Breathtaking cinematography by Jordan Coleman Webb. There you go. How influential this cinematic view of the future is. Because mm. you see it in a lot of movies. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them are Philip K. Dick, uh, inspired by Philip K. Dick's works, like uh, Total Recall. But like Total Recall, the remake, you can see is way more influenced by Blade Runner than Total Recall. Big time. In, uh, in, uh, I mean, yeah, there's elements of it in... Yeah, uh, well, the remake's took place on Earth, too, right? They didn't even go to Mars in that one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I, I, I really like, like... Well, the remake is also closer to the book, too. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the book never really took place on March. If I remember correctly, uh, and also keep in mind, a lot of my stuff is cited by Wikipedia, so... Yeah. Oh, that's always correct. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right, that's right. Because so. that's the guy who said Ant-Man wasn't the first superhero. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But um, Wiki says it isn't. Okay. Yeah. Um... Although in retrospect, you know how dumb that is that I walked up with Wikipedia and was like, look at this shit right here, and they're like, yeah, okay, buddy. Alright, but uh, anyway, so, but yeah, just the, the influence of it. Yeah. Plus, it goes back to what we were talking about a couple camcasts ago, where uh, 80s and early 90s sci-fi was just batshit crazy. Like, if I, if I were to say, like, if a movie was made like this now, it would be like Blade Runner 2049 mm -hmm. to some degree, but I don't know. I almost feel like if it wasn't for Blade Runner being made in the 80s, we would never have got Blade Runner 2049. We w I don't even think we would have gotten a movie like Battle Angel Alita, which I still haven't seen yet. I, I think they were trying to get a sequel to Blade Runner off the ground forever. I think the success of Disney's Tron Legacy pushed Warner to finally go ahead with Blade Runner. But I guess my point is, is that the way that people are... are no, I don't. I don't think people are, are uh, movie corporations aren't looking for those creative movies anymore. Mm -hmm. They're actually just looking for movies that are guaranteed hits. Yeah. You could never have guaranteed that that this movie would have been a huge hit. And even like you look the reviews at the time, it was actually not a critical hit or a, a commercial hit because people were like, "Well, it's slow. There's not a lot of action." The re in it. Reviews weren't great. It bombed. It was not a hit. Yeah, like that's what like, I mean. So the fact that, but it became such a cult classic over the I years. I guess that's my, the point I'm making is where, like, where they were like, we feel really strongly about this. We got a great director. We got great writers. We got great actors. Uh, so we're gonna put this out there, and it, like, if it makes money, great. If it doesn't, well, fuck. You know. Yeah. Whereas now they're like, hold on a second. Does it have this? No. Does it have this? No. Does it have this? No. Okay, sorry, we can't. Yeah, I mean. You know, Maybe you could release it in the indie channels. Maybe. Maybe. But even these days, I'm looking at a lot of indie movies, and I'm going like, there's a corporation behind the indie movies now, too, where I'm going like, I almost feel like they're going like, uh, they've got the indie movie checklist, and they're just like, well, does it have Aubrey Plaza? No? Okay. Does it have Chris Pine in a beard? No? Okay. Yeah. Um, does it have a weirdo sort of sexual storyline between an older guy and a younger girl? Kind of like Lost in Translation. No, maybe you shouldn't ever release this movie mm. ever. Yeah, straight to Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because even Netflix is just like mm, I don't know. Netflix releases some weird shit though. They're now put, they're putting movies on there where it's more like, so now, more so now. I because feel like 
they're getting to be their own brand. I think Netflix's future is going to be more indie based just because all these Disney and NBC and shit are taking all the stuff that's back. True. Yeah, that's true. So now I that's think they're true. like, well, they're not going to do these kind of movies. So let's make this our own thing. That's true. That's true. That that's also promising. Yeah. yeah. And Amazon Prime, I think, is another. Amazon Prime's freaking good. Because their TV shows. They got some are... really good originals on. They're, yeah, their TV shows are on yeah. another level. Shout out to Good Omens, one of the best shows I've ever watched. Which I have yet to see, but then again, I still have not even watched Strangers, Stranger Things Season 3. Oh, man. That was good. I'm plowing through that Daredevil, and, and I haven't even watched Season 3 of Stranger Things. It's like, what are you doing, Chris? Yeah. I mean, it's not going anywhere. I think that's part of the reason why I'm like, yeah. oh, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, you'll be there when you're ready. Yeah, that's true. I think that's <laughs> what it is. Uh, I'm like, I'm... I want the hype to die down so that when I watch it, I will be encumbered by other people's opinions of yeah. it. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so this came out in 82. Yep. And in 82, Ridley Scott was hot because of Alien. Yeah. Harrison Ford was hot because of Star Wars. Yep. I'm sure Warner thought this was a surefire hit. They, I guarantee you they thought it was a slam dunk. Yeah. Okay? I think it was literally like Ridley Scott showed up and they were just like, okay, hold on. Who's your star? Uh, we're thinking Harrison Ford. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you need? Yeah. I'll let you know. Because you know they pitched money to this, this movie. It went like this. They went like, just just let us know. Yeah. That's fine. It looks so good. There is. This movie's as old as us, and it looks that good. Exactly. Like, that's what I was getting at. Like, the only thing I was really going to say that kind of ages it is just the clothing. The clothing and the technology. The clothing. The big two computers. And the yeah, the clothing and the technology. But I think I, I even like when I rewatched this. I literally just rewatched this, mm-hmm. and like I said in previous camcasts, that I couldn't remember the last time I watched it all the way through, right? Um, but even now, like I look at it and I go, considering the way the the story is, mm-hmm. this level of technology makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it was the final cut that we watched. Yeah, we definitely just Out watched of, uh, five freaking cuts available. Seven actually. Seven. I did. The, I looked at the list, and there's seven. Seven. But it's yeah, the, the two of them. It's just like, one of those where it's just slightly different. Uh, like one, I, think I read that two of them, the international cut and uh, one other one, they have like happy endings. Yeah. Where there's like images of happy, like wilderness and shit in the credits or yes. something. Yes, and uh, so the first time I ever watched this, yeah. that was the ending I got. Is it okay? That was the ending. I've I got. seen. I've seen the director's cut and the final. Okay. I never watched the theatrical because I mean I never grew up with Blade Runner, so it's one of those movies I watched years later. Yeah, I think I was like, <clears throat> like I said, twelve or thirteen. It was just yeah. one of those like you hear about it. Um, it was right up there with uh, Lost in New York or Escape from New York, where those were like these two big sci-fi yeah. movies that people are like cult classics. Like you gotta watch these movies. You know what I mean? And I didn't watch Escape until I got into John Carpenter big time Halloween. And, I didn't and watch Escape until I had watched Escape from L.A. You know what? I think I watched L.A. first, too. Yeah. That was a mistake. And and it <laughs> pushed it actually pushed back me watching Escape from New York because I was like, how is this a cult classic? Like, I mean, Snake Plissken was great. Like, Kurt Russell was awesome. And, like, the beginning sequence was really cool with Stacey Keach. Yep. And even the end sequence where he plunges the world into darkness. Spoilers. But everything in between... That's what it was. I watched it because Hideo Kojima based all the snake off of him. So I was like, oh, okay, I gotta watch oh, this. Oh, see, no, I, I watched I it because it was just one here. of those where, like I, like, I think, honestly, I think what it was was I went, 
Was it Escape from L.A. that I was supposed to watch that was supposed to be a cult classic, or was it Escape from New York? And I grabbed the movie, watched it, and then I was like, it is definitely Escape from New York. And now I don't even want to watch it. This is so bad. Because I even remember watching Escape from New York, uh, and it was just went on, right? And I was just like, this is really like a darkly lit movie. Like, I don't know. And I don't really feel like watching a campy, like a super campy movie. So, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm good. So I, I have yet to watch that. But it's funny with John Carpenter, I was looking at it. And uh, I don't think, aside from uh, Escape from New York, I don't think there's a movie I haven't seen. Of his? Yeah. You've seen all of his movies? You've seen Prince of Darkness? Wait, hold on. Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Which one's that it one? Takes place in a church. Alice Cooper's in it. No, no, I did not. Friggin' amazing. Okay, alright. Friggin' amazing. No, wait, it was who was it? James Cameron, actually. I went through the list of oh, James Cameron. Cameron. I mean, his are easy to get through. And I've actually watched all like I've watched every single one of them. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Anyway. Okay. Uh so getting back to this, I love the premise. I love the premise that they're at a point in the society where they can make replicants. And they use it for off-world uh, colonization. Yeah, you know they're Very basically cool. just like, okay, we made these things that they can do the stuff that we can't, but we shouldn't have to anyway because we're humans. Mm-hmm. So ship them off-world and do that. Uh, made by the Tyrell Corporation. I like how they have a in the like expire in like four years there. Yeah, like they have a shelf like, life. I thought yeah, that was really kind of yeah. where they're just kind of like, yeah, that way we can just. So this group comes back and they're like, no, we're not ready to die. Well, it's, uh, the other part that I thought was really interesting, uh, real quick, where was it, uh, when they offhandedly mention that they started making replicants with false memories. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. so, uh, so basically replicants, in some cases replicants, uh, go rogue, right? Because they're just like, well, hold on, they, they realize, okay, well, we can do more than just what we're born to do. Mm-hmm. So they go rogue, and the Blade Runners are a special police force, essentially, that are tasked with hunting them down and retiring them, which is a nice way of saying killing them. Yep. Uh, but I guess the idea is because they're not really alive, they're just retiring them anyway. They're mm-hmm. saying, you know what, you don't have to work anymore. So, Which I thought was kind of interesting in terms of the terminology, too. Although, they don't explain why they're called Blade Runners. No. I looked for that, and I couldn't no. find anything that stated why they, they were called Blade Runners in the book either. That was they were called. Uh, what were they called? There's some semblance sheriffs or something. Something. To and they changed it for the movie, just like replicants. They weren't replicants; they were androids. That's right. Yeah, because the, the book is called like "Do Androids Dream When They Sleep." Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I thought the fact that they're called replicants, I thought was really cool. That's cool. But yeah, no, Blade Runner would have been nice to have like a, a reason behind it. Yeah, like they why? don't have knives and they never run. No blades, no nothing. Well <laughs> there's a bit of running. A little bit. Especially in Blade Runner, like yeah. twenty forty nine. They're strolling along through that whole movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the destination when we get there, okay yep. guys? But uh but uh, yeah, like the the bit of lore that you get I thought was really, really cool. But I even like how uh, you've got, like, Harrison Ford's, uh, Deckard character. He's not necessarily, he's not necessarily a good guy, but he's not necessarily a bad guy either. Like, he's just kind of like, uh, just doing the job, and, you know, that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, although it's interesting, in some cuts he's married, in other cuts he's got an ex-wife. In the book, he's definitely married, he's 100% married, but, uh, uh, let's see. I love the interrogation scene of Rachel. 
Gracie. I mean, like the, the initial whole, the interrogation scene. Thing. In, initial interrogation scene with the one dude, uh, seminal character actor, which I can't remember his name. Who? Uh, that balding guy with the mustache. Oh, Edward James Olmos. Yes. Yes. As Gaff. Yes. He was creepy as fuck in this movie. Oh my god! Like he's eerily creepy. Like he was, he was so creepy that I was just like, "How do you not know he's a replicant?" Yeah. Like it's like he doesn't even know how to act as a human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're scared the shit out of me. Like man. what was it? Uh, they asked about his mom, and all of a sudden he was just like, "My mom's great." That was like really <laughs> weird, and I was like, "That's clearly a replicant." I don't. <laughs> I don't need a three-hour interrogation no. to know you're a replicant. Of course, obviously, like, he kills the guy and gets free. Yep. Um, I actually I like that Deckard is tasked with killing the others before anyone else finds out. I thought that was really cool. Like they don't want anyone finding out that the Nexus Six, the top brand replicants, got off-world and is now free, which mm -hmm. I thought was really cool. Um, the interrogation scene is also where they we find out that Tyrell Tyrell go because he goes to. Uh, because it took longer than ever, but by the end of it, Deckard realizes that Rachel is a replicant. Mm -hmm. But it was harder because she doesn't know she's a replicant. She believes that she's a real human being. Yeah. And Tyrell just, like, very proudly goes, yeah, well, you know, we put in false memories because it makes it easier to get them to do stuff. And you're just like, you really don't think, like, for him, he's proud of his work. Yeah. But they're still just things. They're just toys, oh, yeah. essentially. And I was just like, oof, Jesus. And you can actually start to see a little bit of the contempt come out of Deckard, where even though he's against replicants or androids or whatever you want to call them, yeah. and yeah, he's you know just doing his job. He's forced into doing this, which I thought was interesting too, where he was just fine being like a, a regular cop. And they're like, no, 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 you're back. You got a fucking choice. But like, even he's immediately kind of starting to go like, oh, jeez, man. And I mean, like, this is Sean Young in her prime, you know. Yeah, and I don't like. I don't remember seeing Sean Young in much. I remember watching this and going, hey, it's Finkel. Yeah. Or Einhorn. <laughs> or Einhorn. You know? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, like, I think well, she was always one of those ones where she was meant for bigger things, and but she, I think, just life happened, and it just wasn't, didn't pan out. Yeah. Because I remember the whole Catwoman thing, and I don't want to go into too much detail about that, just because I, I feel like that's just one of those, like, if you don't know, it's best not to. Mm -hmm. But it's just one of those, like, ah, oh, jeez, you know? Yeah. Um, although it's funny that you mentioned Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, that's an example of a movie that wouldn't be made now. Oh, or oh, if, no, no, no. if they did, that part would be changed drastically. Like, you wouldn't have an entire group of men vomiting because they all made out with uh, Finkel Einhorn. <laughs> You know what I mean? They yeah. they probably all just be like, mm, you know what? That's fine. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with my sexuality and his or hers or whatever the terminology she wants to be called. Yeah, I don't even care. Um, I gotta call my wife. Mm -hmm. But anyway, hundred um, percent never be made today. Oh God, no! They would definitely change that. They would change that. Also, why we'll never see a third because you can't. Yeah, no, you can't. The same with Austin Powers. I like that would be made. So sexist. Sexist, uh, they would say it's sexist, it's racist, it's homophobic. You know what I mean? It's yeah. and it's like, uh, can we just laugh? I know, I know. No, you can't. No, you can't laugh at anything. You can't laugh anymore. anymore at all. For anything at all. No. Um, uh, where am I at? Oh, I love the line uh, that his memories will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. Oh man, I got that here too. That same line. That same line. Like when he said that, 
I rewound it and watched it again. Exactly. I was like, that is some beautiful dialogue. That is some absolutely And then he goes, beautiful. time to die and just dies. That's it. After he saves starting, Decker. I'm starting, I'm pulling Kevin Smith to tear up a little. Cause yeah. That, that, I, I was just like. Like Decker's dead. Yeah. Decker's dead. And he's just like, no, nah, you're not going to die. I, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Such a good line. I, this is one of the things I don't like, though. I'm not a fan of the borderline rapey love scene that happens with Deckard and Rachel. Was it really rapey? Uh, it was borderline. Mm. Like, I was a little cringy where he's like, say you love me. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, that was a little strange. And he's like forcing himself on her, and she's just like, no. Okay, but I mean, like, I understand it's a product of the times because that's very prevalent in a lot of those older movies where, like, they do this whole will they or won't they type of thing, mm -hmm. and they have it so that, like, I don't know where they got this idea. Like, I think it's just a man writing, writing a woman type of thing where they go, like, no, of course she's going to be, yeah. like, her own woman, and she's going to be against the, the man, and, and eventually his very masculine will and sexual desire breaks her down, and then she realizes that she actually does love him, and uh, she wants to let him do all the things he wanted to do to her, you know what I mean? But it was, the second he went like, say you love me, say that you want you want me to kiss you, I was like, what the fuck is, is this code words that you know now, now she's your sex slave, like, you know? That yeah, part I, okay, yeah, no. But it, like yeah. I said, it's a product they got They got 2019 very wrong in that movie. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> He say you love me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you don't? But that's totally fine that you don't. I'll still do whatever you want. <laughs> Hashtag whatever works. Um, I love the concept of the powerful corporations running the world with yeah. a very strong police presence. Yeah. Because 30 years ago, they were talking about how that's the future. And it very much so is. Mm -hmm. Like... Believe it or not, there's just really four or five corporations running the yeah, world. Yeah, I love that Philip K. Dick and the writers of the movie here, like, they looked into the future and they went, well, no, we're going down this dark road here. Yeah. Like, not like Back to the Future Part 2 where he jumps ahead and that was 2017. That's right. That's right. That was 2017. But yeah, yeah you're right. And it's, it's, it's all, all like, bright and happy. Hey, and everything's yeah, everything's great. Oh, man, poverty doesn't up. exist. Yay. It's amazing. Now you're just like, like, I feel like when I watched this, I, I couldn't help it when I watched this movie, I remember, I was literally like, oh, I get it. So it's like, I guarantee you, like, this, like, Earth is, is the poor planet. Mm -hmm. Because they're colonizing other planets, so you're going to see, like, you went to, like, Mars, let's say. Mars is colonized. That's probably going to look amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? Elysium? Yeah. Elysium, where they had the perfect, uh, every, all the rich, perfect people were up, up top. On that, like, the space station. That moon looking thing. Yeah, yeah, the space station. And then, like, on Earth, it was all everybody that. Oh, I gotta watch that movie again. No, don't. It's not that good. No, I liked it. Uh, I, I liked the premise more than the actual movie. I'm a Neil Blomkamp fan. Oh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Fuck you. I am too. And I love Matt Damon. Chappie was disappointed. I haven't even watched it because I was so disappointed. It's disappointing. And, uh, that's why. And, and, and never mind, it's got uh, Wicked Rap Stars Ninja in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Him and uh, Yolanti. Yolanti. Yolanti, whatever fuck your name is. Yeah, yeah, no, they're in there. Yeah. Don't know why. As, as Neil Blomkamp's from South Africa, they're huge in South Africa, they're from South Africa, and they're buddies. Well, to be fair, to be fair to those two, 
they're actually, they're fucked up, but they're actually pretty catchy. Yeah, they're pretty catchy. Oh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman has a pretty sweet mullet in the movie. That's right. It's, got, it's a, little, right. a little flat, plus short bangs. Yeah, that's right, that's right. He looks so, gross. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was really topical, but you're right, like, Philip K. Dick is definitely one of those writers who uh, definitely knew where the world was going to go. Yeah. You know, it's almost like... Like, if he were alive to see it today, he'd be like, I am not so much a writer as a fortune teller. He so, had a short life, too. He was only 58 when he passed away. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing that he was able to see that. I will say this, though. Uh, I I am, like, in the same boat as Harrison Ford and Philip K. Dick, where I don't feel that Deckard is a replicant. I don't think he is. Even though in the final cut, I noticed his eyes... Once. Yeah, but I actually read an interview with Harrison Ford where that apparently was like a uh, reflection off of Sean Young's eyes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So that okay. was just one of those like uh, happy accident type of things. Okay. Because he he said he felt like and I and I'm watching the movie too and I I and same with the Philip K. Dick he, he they liked the idea that he was the only human in the entire movie surrounded by all these replicants. Yeah. And he's the only human and I was like not only that it makes more sense and it adds more stakes to it because like. Like, he's getting his ass handed to him by these replicants. Oh, God, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Now, now Jared uh, Chaffet, uh, you know, did these movies as a, or suggested we do these movies, right? He argued that um, the amount of beating that he took for a normal human, he should have been dead. So he'd still, he's of the, of the mind that he's a replicant, he just doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm like, you know what? The, it's open to interpretation because you can argue the unicorn thing all the way through. Until 2049, when you're, oh, he was a unicorn. Right. Until you get to 2049, but uh, that answers it once and for all. Yeah. Um. But still, 2049 is written by one of the writers of this. Oh, I know. Which is amazing. That is. You amazing. look at his IMDb. He's done like nothing really <laughs> between Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> but so. uh, oh, uh, one thing that I was uh, I was really impressed by was. Like, I've never really... Harrison Ford's always, like, a tall actor. Yep. But I never really looked at him like, he's, he's a fucking tank, right? That shirtless seat, he looked cut in this movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Well, he's in his prime in this movie. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they were telling him to be semi-fit for the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like... Plus... Yeah, he did, what, Raiders two years after this? 84, is that Raiders? Yeah, something like that. 82, 83, 82, no, 83, 84, something like that. Yeah, he went right into India after this. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, I, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I absolutely love this movie. It's, uh, it is still one of the best sci-fi films of all time. It is a movie that I'm going to be re-watching more often, though. I got to the end of this movie and I was like, I should have re-watched this plenty more times. It's, it's right up there with one of my favorite movies now. <clears throat> but that's me and I have great choice in movies. No, see, I, um, Blade Runner never clicked with me the first time I watched it. Okay. The director's cut. Yeah. It's very slow paced. It, it's a slow, it's a slower movie. In a lot of regards, I, I thought it was somewhat like Fight Club, where the first time I watched it, I was not in the, like, the right mind frame for that movie. I definitely, I could see And that. I ended up not really caring for it. Yeah, I could see But that. then I gave it another shot. So I went back and watched this this week. Yeah. I've seen it, this is my, I've watched it two and a half times. I watched it half on TV. Right, okay. Well, yeah, now I'm at two. I'm two yeah. full times watching this movie. I respect it and appreciate it so much more because I was more in the mind frame this time. Okay, that makes sense. It's still slower. Like, Adrian started with me and then she's like, I gotta go to bed. It's too slow for me. 
And I get it. Yeah, but like for me personally, mm-hmm. though, because because uh, usually like movies that take place in the future, they're very action packed and like in your face. And I'm go, glad go, that go. it wasn't though. Me too. You know, like I'm me really too. Glad it's its own it thing. Like it's more of a it's more of a crime mystery well, that just happens to take place. That's in what the I'm future. saying. Like I love that it's a neo noir type movie. Yeah. It's just. It's basically like your 1930s, like, whodunit. Exactly. Or not even whodunit. It's just, you know, yeah. you got to get from point A to point B, um, and that's it. Because mm-hmm. you got your femme fatale. You've got, you know, the gumshoe-type character yeah. who's, like, literally back against the wall, all these forces against him type of thing. And it just so happens to be set, like, in the future. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 30 years in the future. So this is what they thought it would look like. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, this is just great. Like, I loved everything. I, I, I couldn't get over how great it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only thing, aside from the rapies, and the only part that I thought was kind of funny was uh, the see-through leather, uh, see-through jacket. I remember just being like, what oh. the fuck? Yeah. But okay. All yeah. right. They didn't really quite understand what the fashion was going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was cool seeing a young Daryl Hannah. She was great as Pris in this. And that, uh, her fight with Harrison was great. That was a great, like. So good. Great starting fight to the big main event. What I liked about uh, Priv too, uh, Daryl Hannah was when she's interacting with the oh, what's his face, the guy with that uh, degenerative disease. Oh yeah, 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 Sebastian. Yes. Yeah, and that was the other thing too. I liked how everyone was looking for Sebastian, and then like finding Sebastian, he ends up finding the replicants and everything like that. But what I liked was that so Priv knew exactly what she was doing the entire way through. So when she was with Sebastian, she was acting almost like, like she was flirty and like really being like almost human. Yeah. But she, like there was a couple scenes where like he would look away and she would just go into her real face and it was like a replicant again. And I was yeah. like, oh fuck, this is crazy cool. You know, and uh, like when she spray paints her face, I was like, this is fucked. Yeah, very trusty eyes. Yeah, and then like when... Uh, Oh man, Rupert Howard. What was his name again? Uh, oh, his character name it was uh, Roy. Yes, Roy Batty. Roy. Uh, when Roy shows up, and it's and they're doing the same thing where they're just kind of like acting a little bit more human around him, but then they're being more uh, like true to themselves when he's not around type of thing. Uh, but I even like the scene where they go and kill Tyrell. Yeah, and it was weird because I that was a great kissed scene. him. That was a great I was like, whoa, scene. he kissed him. He's like super proud. He's like, oh man. He's like, yeah, but you know, I've done some things. He's like, you've, you know, you're crazy. This is awesome, but I can't give you any more life. Like, it's literally impossible. There's yeah. nothing I can do at all. And then it's like that weird kissing, which I threw me for a loop because I forgot all about that. And then he kills him. I was like, whoa, this is, this is fucked up. Kills him. Yeah. 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 Like, just, yeah. Oh. just the cracking of the skull. Oh, the, just like ugh. horrible. And all that. Like, and they're gushing out too. I was yeah. like, oh, this is fucking gross. But yeah. That was just, like, it was all these, like, pockets of just. Yeah, like, you know, like, the way the replicants played in this, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Schwarzenegger watched this before playing the Terminator and borrowed some of his characteristics because. Yeah. There's definitely similarities. Because Terminator was 84, like, right after this, so. Uh, actually, the similarities would just be in the sense that. Because, like, in Terminator, he's playing, he's literally just a robot. Yeah. No emotion. With human skin. Blank. You know, like, that's it. And it's, all he's doing is literally just using the skin to blend in. Because the programming is from, like, the future, right? So it's mm-hmm. just, like, you just show up and people look at you like you're yeah. It's in the second one where I think he's gotten a little bit 
I don't know if he's influenced by those movies because in the second one he's actually acting a little bit more human. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I love that line where he goes, "I know now why you cry." I was like, "Oh God damn you! <laughs> don't make me cry." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was influenced by that for the Terminator so much. No. I I will say that Kurt Russell was probably influenced for Soldier. Well, it's a spinoff of this. <laughs> Literally, this movie was written by Hampton Fancher and David Webb. Hampton Fancher went on to do 2049. David Webb is Soldier as a spinoff. No, Soldier wasn't a spinoff. He considers Soldier a spinoff sequel of Blade Runner. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Kurt Russell's a replicant. Okay, all right. Um, I just remember Soldier being like what Terminator should have been if James Cameron didn't rip off Soldier yeah. and Philip K. Dick's work. <laughs> Blatantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's so blatant that now I think I think James Cameron said, Yeah, I I ripped it off. But I mean if you watch both movies, which one's better? Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is Terminator. Terminator's <laughs> better. Top to bottom. Way better. Top to bottom, Terminator is a better movie than Soldier. Soldier was horrible. 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 Yeah, you know, I gotta yeah. Yeah. Well I watched it when it came out in ninety eight. I want I wanna rewatch it. I wanna rewatch it. But I, I Kurt Russell had a stretch of bad movies there. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and Escape and oh. uh, what else do I got? Uh, fantastic synth score by Van Yellis. Oh yeah, the soundtrack's awesome. I like it's because of so movies and like video games and stuff. I've been starting to get into like synth wave music lately. Me too. Because I'm just like I've always kind of been into. I've it. I've always been into it because I grew up in that time. Yeah, and, and so all really stuff, Scott really Scott loved his synth music mm-hmm. because Legend has is all synth too. And, uh, yeah, so like I mean. It's for me. It's one of those where like I grew up with it, so yeah. Like you don't, you don't think about it until you start going like you're actually looking for the music, and then you're like, oh yeah, no, I actually really like this yeah. shit because like, like I remember the when I watched the opening for Stranger Things season one. Yeah, and it immediately did that. I was like, oh yeah, fucking right. That's so good. Uh, I, I'm happy people are starting to appreciate it well, as a score because not everything has to be big and orchestrated. It, it can be that right. smaller. Right. But I think a lot of that has to do with the, the 30, 40-year-old people that grew up playing video games with 8-bits and stuff like that, where yep. they're just like, yeah, because, like, I mean, I even listen to 8-bit uh, remakes of music. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 8-bit, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but they did uh, System of a Down. Oh, yeah? In 8-bit. <laughs> actually, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. Kinda, it's, it's actually really good. It's really good. Uh, let's see. But, uh... I, I don't have anything else to say about uh, Blade Runner. Um, I absolutely love it. No. I think it's a great movie. Oh. I can't wait to rewatch it again. But I think out of all the movies, I'm gonna like all the versions. I'm only gonna stick to the final cut. Um, I'm tempted to watch um, <clears throat> the international one. Ah, I don't know what is it. It's international, final, directors, theatrical. Uh, I think there's a TV cut too. T- TV cut, television cut. So what would the other be? Well, because the TV cut for, I think it was Language and uh, Nudity. Yeah. Because there's brief nudity. You said fucking your father or something? Mother, father? Yeah. They don't say Mr. Falcon in that one. No, Mr. Falcon? It's just a diehard thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I, I'm good. Um, rest in peace, Ruger Howe. Yeah. Yeah. He just passed away. I know. That's crazy. That's crazy. That was Blade Runner. Blade Runner. That was the uh, bottom layer of our sandwich. Or the top layer. 
depending on where you place Blade Runner 2049. Either way, we're about to get to the filling. Yeah, which is Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. What a strange cam cast. <laughs> so I watched that this afternoon. I can't believe you've never watched it all the way through before. I actually can't believe it either. I, like, when we were talking that's, about it, and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, that seems so weird that I didn't. I can't remember why, because I remember watching, like, starting it. Yeah. And I, like, getting through it. Uh, shout out to Troy, Troy Gentile, who is from Goldberg's fame. Yeah! Blew my fucking mind. I saw I, that I, on the, I, I, the I, credits I, and I went, wait a minute. And then I seen him. I'm I like, did the same thing. Oh my God, you're a Joe Taylor. Yeah. I forgot all about him because I, he I, lost a shit ton of weight. He was so chubby. He was chubs. I rewound back. I'm like, hey, I'm Buck. It's Barry. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was funny. I, uh, that whole opening. Me off. That whole, whole opening was just. The whole opening. Just like. Just absurdly <laughs> hilarious. Just like grabbing shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, and he makes his cape nacho. I was like, oh, this yeah. is awesome. This yeah. is so great. Uh, and then, like, works out for two minutes, and then he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then the monks are like, come here, you. They hose him off, and they just beat him with him. stuff. And I was like, this is, this is just so funny. Uh, nacho Libre. I love this movie. I actually love this movie, too. This is probably my second favorite after School of Rock for Jack Black movie. Yeah, I would not including King Kong because I love King Kong, but yeah, but like his comedy, his comedy, like yeah, an actual Actually, you know what? Every time he does something with Mike White, it's I'm, it's fucking incredible. Yeah, it's it's really did, hard to. They see. did Orange yeah. County too. I was just gonna say because Orange County, I really liked too. Yeah. I mean, not that I would say that's a Jack Black movie per se, because it's no, more like Colin Hanks. It's movie. Colin Hanks, yeah. But uh, <laughs> he was definitely hilarious in that one. Oh yeah, so good, <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> I definitely, I enjoyed this a lot better than, uh, what was the one with, uh, Ben Stiller? Oh, yeah. That was incredibly disappointing. Yeah, it what was. What was that called? Yeah, I can't uh, remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Either way. I don't remember. Like, I, I mean. Know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Jack Black's great, though. But this movie is just, it's so Jack Black, it's hilarious. It's so Jack Black. And it's, it's, well, Jared and Joshua Hess did this. Yeah. Mike White co-wrote with us. <laughs> yeah. These guys just came off of Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. So they, this is such a strange combo. It's like Napoleon with just Jack Black in there. I know. Like it's, it's both of their, their styles. It's so great, though. Like, it's a perfect mix because, like, like Jack Black does a really good job of being the over-the-top sort of, like, Jack Black type character. Yeah. But it's hilarious how well it works in that, like, cringy <laughs> sort of yeah. bumblecore movie yeah. that, like, you know, Napoleon Dynamite, and that whole type of movies are, like, when I say, like, mumblecore, people that are familiar with that will go, yeah, he knows what he's talking about, mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, it's straight up that sort of, like, super awkward, cringy movie where you're like... Yeah, Wes Anderson does it well. Yeah, 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 Most he of does. Most movies, yeah. Oh, my God, the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, oh Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic with Steve Sue. Oh, so oh. Good. Oh, so The Adventures of Mr. Fox? Yeah. Oh! So good. I still so haven't watched Isle of the Dog, so... No, me neither. Me neither. I'm going to, because Mr. I'm definitely Fox going awesome. to. Yeah. Because... Yeah. I also just like all of Wes Anderson's movies, so... Yeah, I didn't like the... Oh, hold on. Oh, I, I haven't seen... I didn't like seen... the train one that he did, though. What's I didn't see the Darjeeling Limited. That one. I haven't seen that one, and I also that haven't seen me. the I Budapest... Budapest was all right. I didn't see the Budapest. Budapest. Oh, right. To me, it's still Royal Tenenbaums. You know what it is? It's what it is. Is that like I know I have to be in a t the 
certain type of mood to watch those movies. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, and because I was like, man, the Royal Tenenbaums, it's so great that it's hard. And Steve Zizou, I remember it's like, yeah, but, because there's that other one, too, with uh, Ed Norton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the moon, Moonrise Kingdom? Yeah, and I haven't even watched like that? that one, either. That was good. That's right. That I remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch that. I'll watch that. that. But I was like, uh, like the the Fox one, the Adventures of Mr. Fox, I remember just literally being like, it was one of those where it was coming on, and I went, yeah, all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm glad I did. Because this is great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so great. It's fun. It's just fun. I don't know. It's weird. It's absurdist, awkward. movies. That, that's exactly what it is. You know, like, you're literally just like, it's going to be, you, you know what you're in for, and you're in the mood for it, you're going to love it. Yeah, like literally after this, I went and I was like, what has Jared Hess done since Nacho? And he's done like four movies I've not watched. And I was like, well, that's going to change. One of them is called Gentleman Broncos. Watched gotta, it. I I've got, actually watched it. Is that where James got his name from? That's exactly where he got his name from. How have I not seen that? i got to watch it. i got to watch it. Um, I have to warn you, though. It's it's out there. It's an absurdist, absurdist. I, Sam Rockwell's in it, for one. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it, uh, but I have not watched it since. Whereas, like, Napoleon Dynamite, I'll, I'll rewatch that movie. Napoleon and Nacho, I can watch whenever. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, actually, one of the first things I said was, uh, Ignacio, Ignacio is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And followed by Classic Jack Black. Classic Jack Black. <laughs> and immediately... That weird like, smell he does with a mustache? All the fucking smiles in this movie are I can't, I can't even do it. What's his face? The, uh, the tag team partner, he's like this the whole time. Is the uh, es- Escalado? Yes, es- Escalado. Escalado. Es- Escalado. I know. Frankie, uh, my buddy Frankie from High Def Ninja, wanted us to do Nacho, so he could probably help me out with the pronunciation of some of the names. Here. My favorite. But, yeah, no, he's Smile awesome. at the end though is when uh, so like after Nacho Libre wins and gets the money for the yeah, and he's got that weird like. <laughs> He's just totally smiling at the the nun that yeah. he's like literally like. Yeah, he loves the. We ever get a chance to break our vows? She's we'll a gorgeous totally... nun. Oh gosh, yes, gosh, yes. Cool. But like that's, I was like, I can't get over that smile. It was yeah. just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, oh yeah. Like fuck the eating toast scene. <laughs> Would you like to come to my room to eat some Join toast? Join me in my quarters this evening for toast. Yeah, and then it's like he's eating toast, like chop, 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 yeah. and she's just like. Like, this is really dry. I was like, this is fucking ugly. After he, like, pushes it under the dirty floor, just <laughs> under the door. Pushes the plate through. <laughs> and the toast. Pushes the toast through. And then the second toast. I was like, what is happening? This is so funny. <laughs> and then they just sit there eating toast face to face like retards. This is so... I was like, oh my god, I can't get over this. And like, movies oh. like this, uh, these are movies where, like, I typically will watch without Michelle. Yeah. Because, like, I feel for her because she will, like, look at these movies and go, what the fuck is wrong with my husband? Because, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Adrian watched this movie. She was in tears during that toast scene. Like, she was crying laughing so hard. <laughs> I was like, it's so stupid. How do you it's, not enjoy this? Exactly. It makes no sense. It doesn't I serve the wrong. story at all. Don't get me wrong. My wife loves funny movies. But she likes certain types of funny movies. Oh, yeah. No, this is a different level of comedy yeah. completely than your usual. And I've said this before. Like, I, I, I guess I'll say stuff like, well, did you like Napoleon Dynamite? And if the response is, 
oh, you know, I kind of like it. And I'm like, well, then don't watch this movie. Yeah. Because you'll maybe kind of That's it right there. You know? You like Napoleon, then I recommend these movies. Yeah, exactly. If you don't, I take yeah. these back. I take them back. I'll do put not, them in this corner. Do not watch. Um, unless for whatever reason you decide you want to get adventurous, but mm-hmm. I'm warning you. Yeah. They're out there. But yeah, so like, I, I even, like, just the concept of him wrestling to get money for better ingredients to make better food for the monastery or the orphanage. It's just hysterical. The first time they lose and they get the money and he goes on that shopping spree and he's handing out like these fancy salads and goes the chip <laughs> <laughs> all over the nun. <laughs> Followed by the smile. <laughs> like, exactly. Just, oh, no, man. It's, it's so good. So funny. It's just, it's just so great. Uh, or- <laughs> he's, he's, he freaking climbs the mountain oh, to eat the egg. The eagle egg. <laughs> the eagle egg. <laughs> it's like that match that night. He's like power of the eagle. And they lose. I mean, he gets destroyed. They just get fucking hammered. It's just the most. I'm not feeling the power of the eagle. <laughs> The Spider-Man music during the suit-up, oh. the first time he suits up with his official nachos costume yeah, is yeah. great. But I even love the, like their first <laughs> fight that they lose, and like he rips his shirt after they call him Nacho, they're cheering, and like they lose, and they're in the, he's taking a shit. <laughs> Just ripping his shit. <laughs> he's taking his shit, and then he gets out, and he's like, like he doesn't. He's yeah. so, uh, like, absurdly confident. Remember that moment when they were chanting our name and <laughs> I gained the power to rip my blouse? <laughs> he keeps saying blouse. <laughs> and he's just like this, belly out. He's like, remember that time? <laughs> and he's got that one number one fan in the crowd. The guy with the weird, <laughs> that weird... Oh, he lost again. <laughs> just so oh, like, totally happy Gilmore moment with that one weirdo oh, fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sometimes you have to wear stretchy pants in your room just for fun. <laughs> Chancho. <laughs> when you were a man. <laughs> uh, the Chancho kid was adorable too. Oh my god, the Chancho kid was adorable. Mm. Just great. Yeah. I like the parallels between Nacho and, uh, what's his name? El, El Carado? <laughs> Escalito. 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 And how, like, it's religion versus science, just like his parents. Yeah. <laughs> just like, that's so great. That's so great. And then he ends up believing at the end. He's like, we should pray for you. <laughs> Although I will say, as far as wrestling names go, Ramsey's is a bitch in wrestling names. Ramsey's, yeah. I was like, whoa, wow, that's yeah. awesome. Um, also, I don't know if you know this because I looked at the credits, Ramsey's was played by WCW Cruiserweight Silver King. Yep. Yay, give it up for Silver King. He might not be alive. I didn't he passed away this year. He did? Okay, all right. Well, okay. Yeah, there's a running still. theme with our movies here. Someone died this year. Yeah. Well, shit. Well, shit indeed. But I actually said, I was like, oh my god, it's yeah. Silver King. And Michelle was just like, oh, is that a, an actual wrestler? I was like, yeah, actually, every one of the guys in quotation marks are wrestlers, you know. But, uh... I think he was actually in one of the WCW Nitro games in the 64, wasn't he? I think he was. Silver King? I think he was. I, I, I just remember because, like, I was a big fan of the Cruiserweight division, so I, I was familiar with all of them. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a fan of him, per se, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but still, yeah, I was pretty awesome. Again, no, like I said, like, though, just... uh, like the character was great. Yeah, I actually love this scene where it's just like, 
Ramses is number one. Ramses' legs are number one. <laughs> and they're oiling them up. Ramses, they keep saying Ramses. It's like, oh my god, this is so fucking funny. This I love, is so I love great. The part where Jack Black breaks into the song. I'm singing a song at the party. Ramses is at the party. Ramses doesn't dance at the party. party. I also I love the part where uh, he lights his uh, his robe on fire. Yeah. From the waist down, yeah. so that they all go like, okay, it's true. I am Nacho. <laughs> Nacho. That long extended. You might have seen me on TV. Like, uh, Everyone's like, no, no. Yeah. Well, I will win. He leaves. He's like, I'm gonna go die in the wilderness. So after, and Escalado finds him. He's like, how'd you find me? I can see it from the village. It's like right there. Hey, Nacho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beat after beat. This movie just makes me laugh and cry. But again, like I said, like oh. if you don't know what you're in for. Yeah. And you might go, what the fuck? Like, this is what? dumb. Yeah. It is. I mean, you should have an idea with Jack Black, though. Like, when he's doing, like, goofy, oh, Jack God. Black style. I enjoyed every... I was like, man, this is... This so is probably crazy. actually his goofiest movie ever. Uh, he... Tropic Thunder. Ah, uh, well, no, because yeah, his, well... Character, his character was fucked. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, That's so good. Jumanji? Jumanji, Yeah. Yeah, Jumanji's Jumanji would be his goofiest he's, he's because of the premise, that. because of the character. But uh, yeah. I this it, uh, man, I was like, man, why didn't we get a sequel? Right, you know. But I know why we didn't get a sequel because yeah, it wasn't a blockbuster smash. It made money though. I looked like it made like double its budget back, and that's the same oh. same with School of Rock made way more. Like yeah, but see, School of Rock is one of those ones where if they did a sequel, it would have tarnished that movie. Because the premise, the way the premise is, is it, it makes, it's a one and done movie. Yeah. Like, unless you do the same characters in a completely different movie, but then the whole time you'd be like, oh, so he's in another school of rock? Oh, and they went in the other town? Oh, this time it's the, uh, global? I don't know. I always thought it would be cool to see those kids return as, like, adults that are a band together or something. And... Uh, now we're starting to get into, like, Fuller House territory. Uh, yeah, I guess. You know, didn't watch that. I did. I watched, I think, two seasons and a bit of the third, and then I was like, I'm dead. Wow. You I was a huge fan of Full House. Though. I was too, but I wasn't watching that. Uh, yeah, I think a bit of, I think, no, I might have finished uh, all, all of the third season. That's right. I think I definitely finished all the third season. Yeah. It, it became one of those things where I'm like, you know what, I'll just, I'll, I'll keep watching so it. By the end of the third, I was like, I can't. The uncles are in the first episode. They like come Bob in. Sagan and, and, and they all pop in from time to time. So they're in time from time throughout this, the show. There are some episodes where they're all together. Okay. Uh, although now, because of Lori Loughlin and that whole fiasco, yeah. she's not in the fifth and final season at all. Yeah, they just feel like she died. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I also don't care because no, I, I don't care. You know, I mean, hey, Mary Kay and Ashley aren't there. So. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. It was. I don't. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, no, Nacho, I, I would like to see a Nacho sequel. I would have loved, I think even now, I think it'd be great to see a Nacho Libre sequel. Especially with Jack Black with his fucking old, <sighs> old man look he's got. You know what? I think AEW should uh, do something like 
<laughs> they call up nachos for the big leagues. <laughs> that would actually be great. That would be amazing. That would be great. Yeah. You know, because like I like the way that they imply at the ending uh, where he's going to continue wrestling to yeah. continue. Yeah. Because he's the top dog now. Well, he is. So maybe now we do a sequel where he's knocked off his, his high horse, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, towards the end of his uh, run there, he was getting to be like Ramsey's where he's being the dick that he never wanted to be, right? He mm-hmm. forgot, he lost his way, right? I don't know. We'll see. I, I would love to see a sequel to it. Because I think I was like half an hour in and I was like, I want to see a sequel. Like, I want to see more of this already. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's, oh, I love it so much. So, <laughs> so good. This was a great... Uh... Great suggestion. <laughs> it was such a great suggestion. The music in this is by Danny Elfman, which Whoa. I found incredibly weird. That is really weird. Really weird. Though that Mr. Loco, this religious man, makes up most of the soundtrack. Because that's a great theme. Oh, man. <laughs> this movie is like beginning to end perfect for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, I'm, I'm actually glad that they don't hook up at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, That'd be kind of weird since she is a nun. Well, both of them would have to break their vow, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he said in that letter, the hilarious letter where he's like, you might think that I have died, but I have not. Hug, kiss. Hug, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Little kiss. Big hug. <laughs> big kiss. kiss. Little big, big kiss. Little hug. Little kiss. kiss, kiss. Big hug. <laughs> so stupid. Like, oh, shit. Uh, every single thing he says in this movie is just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's it for Nacho. Oh, yeah, oh, that, that's it for Nacho. Fantastic yeah. film. So Love great, that movie. so great. And now we turn and go now back to the dissolute future of Blade Runner. Runner 2049. 2049. Okay, so I'm going to say this for uh, right out of the gates. I literally was like, there's no way I'm going to get to this movie. There's no way, because the last time I watched this movie, I was like, holy crap, like, I've said before in our campcast, this is like a beautifully shot but boring movie. I will say though, I am glad that I rewatched Blade Runner and then watched this immediately after that. It helped. Big time. Because, like, yeah, this is a slow paced movie, <clears throat> um, but the other one was slow paced too. This had more action in it. It has way more action. But I will say this though, um, in all honesty, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, it's a, such a long movie. It's a long movie. But I'm like, I don't know what I would cut, though. I can't think of really... And even, like, the Ridley Scott had said, like, yeah, it was, like, about... It's an overlong... It's a longer movie than it should be because this also underperformed. And it wasn't a bomb, but it was... It made its money back. It, uh, no, no. No, it lost 80 million. That's actually. right. It, it was a bomb. It didn't... It Europe, had to, Europe pulled it out of... <clears throat> yeah. Because it had um, to be like four hundred million to break even. Yeah, they had a huge budget on it, <clears throat> which is clear as day when you look at it. Because straight up, this is probably one of the most gorgeous movies I've seen in yeah, my life. It in is, my life, it is hands down one of the gorgeous, one of the like most every bit of scenery movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to so think. So good looking. I, I don't know if there's going to be a movie in the next like five to ten years that will top how beautiful this movie is. Dennis Villeneuve directed this one, um, and he was coming right off of Arrival, which was my favorite oh. movie of 
I can't wait to That's do Can't Cash for Ryan. I cannot wait to yeah. do like an oddball, uh, oddball sci-fi flick movie, yeah. or Can't Cash or whatever. Arrival's a masterpiece. I love Arrival so much. Yeah. I so oh much. man, man, I love Arrival. But anyway, um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I was saying, like I, I, I'm trying to think, like, what would I cut? I, I, I mean, I but don't every know, like, single part of this movie is actually vital to the story, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but let's, we'll get into this. I love that right out of the gates we meet Kay, and he is a replicant Blade Runner. Yes. <clears throat> no, is he or isn't he? No, bullshit. Straight up, he's is. a full-on replicant. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I also like that he's leading the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just on a regular job, he uh, he meets Snapper. Yeah, how about that opening sequence? We'll get to that in just a second, but I like that he meets Snapper, and then in the investigation around Snapper, he's going, wait a minute, what's going on here? And they find that box, but yeah, but that whole opening sequence is just incredible. I, Dave Bautista is in the first 10 minutes, and then that's it. Yeah. But that whole sequence, and you know what, that whole sequence <clears throat> was me alone going, Bautista can act. Oh, yeah. Like, he's done Spectre and, and, and well, okay. Guardians. I'm not, and, okay, when they talked about Spectre, they were like, oh, man, like, Dave Bautista's Spectre. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah. He doesn't fucking say a word. He's a muscle man. And he's just a henchman. Yeah. And they do that one thing where they show, uh, and we'll get into the Daniel Craig Bonds after. Uh, uh, yeah, what's, what's, uh, what's the name of it? Never die twice or something like that? Yeah, it's got a very Bondy name. <laughs> well, it's better than Shatterhand. <laughs> oh. It's a lot better than Shatterhand. I was like, oh god, don't. And I was like, Shatterhand, okay. Uh, what? What? But okay, well, we'll see. But I think it's Never Die Twice or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, they do that whole thing where he's got those like weird silver thumbnails. Yeah. Kills the guy with his eyes, and then that's it. (laughs) You never see that shit again. He doesn't say anything. Fight scene's awesome, but uh, we'll save that for more. But, like, so when they're saying, like, oh, yeah, he's, he's acting, I'm like, no. He's acting more as, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Drax. He's acting more as Drax than he is in, in most of these movies. But mm-hmm. this one. This here. I was like, oh, boy. This here. And, it, and it's the reason why <laughs> Dennis Villeneuve is bringing Batista over to Dune. Because he's oh, remaking yeah. Dune. Yeah. He's the only guy that he took from this movie. Like, Maybe Dune. Maybe Dune will be the one that's way more beautifully shot than this one. I think it will be. It's also a two-part movie, though. So Good. Here's, here's hoping part one's Good. successful. Good. So I read that book, actually. Dune? Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's wacky, too. It's a, Villeneuve likes some wacky stories. Well, Dune in general, like, it's it's one of those, like, classic sci-fi type yeah. movies. Uh, yeah. Books, I should say. And then I tried watching a bit of the uh, David Lynch Dune, but I couldn't. I couldn't get into it. I, I, I tried. I tried to watch it in the theater, actually. Because they had their flashback. Oh yeah, week. okay. So it was a double feature. I watched I watched Gremlins and then Doom was playing right after that. So I was like, I've never seen Dune. I'll go check it on the big screen. <clears throat> I left, man. Yeah, because they even Halfway did like that through, Dune I, TV I was show. Asleep. That Dune TV show that was supposed to be closer to the book, and I was like, I couldn't even get into that one either. But I'm not a Lynch fan though. Like Lynch's stuff is just <clears> too <throat> weird. For I think me. that's kind of what it is too. Like, because uh, I never even got into uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah. And that's like Lynch. Yeah, Lost Highway. <clears throat> Can do Lost Highway. Actually, I watched. Uh, was it Blue Velvet? I watched Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. And yeah. Blue Velvet was like, <clears throat> I think I was 
13 or 14, it was the same thing. It was on, like, late at night. It was one of those, like, I was up, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. It was yeah. like Dennis Hopper, and it was just like, this is some fucked up shit. Yeah. I don't even remember yeah. anything about that movie, to tell you the truth. No. I just remember finishing it, and then being like, okay, nope. Did <clears throat> erase that from the memory bank? Yeah, well, that's that's exactly it. So, um, so getting back to uh, yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, so that whole actual opening sequence with uh, Snapper was really cool. Yeah, but I even I liked how like Kay was basically just kind of like, uh, like if we could do this the easy way, great, like uh, that is awesome. I'm I'm all for it, and, you know. And I'm sorry it had to be me type of thing. So they hinted a previous relationship. I thought that was really neat, and then. Uh, you get the sense of the snappers like I'm not going in. I'm not going in. Yeah. <laughs> like even when he's just like, it's almost like kids today type of thing. Like Ugh, you new replicants. Yeah. You don't even see wonders, and you're just like, oh, okay, all right. You find out why he says that later. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like specifically when you find out that they find Rachel's body. And there's indications that she had a child, which I was mm-hmm. like, whoa. So then when Kay's superior officer, Josie, Joshi is like, okay, so here's the deal. You can't tell anybody. You keep this to yourself, and now you got to hunt every sort of aspect of this. Find the kid, kill yeah. the kid, yeah. and make sure nobody finds out about this, because this will fuck everything up. Which is true, because, I mean, the whole por- point of the, the replicants is that they're not human. Yeah. And that they're supposed to just have a shelf life. Yeah, and they're always don't have supposed kids. to just do the things that we want them to do, and that's it. Once you find out that replicants can have children, now you start thinking, well, maybe they're more alive than we thought. <clears throat> maybe this is something beyond. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when they start obviously saying, no, 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 we want to live like humans and be treated like humans they're getting less and less of a reason for them to say, no, you can't, because you're not. There's nothing human about you. Yeah. Once you can have kids, it's like, well, hold on a second, because that's one of the definitions, one of the defining traits yep. of a human being, right? doesn't matter how we came to be, but the end result is we can have kids. So, <clears throat> you know, and yes, I do have to agree. I like that in this movie they establish that Deckard is, in fact, a human being. Yeah. I also like that they didn't rush to have Deckard in it. No. He doesn't show up till the final 49, 50 minutes of the movie. And that's it. Like, it, it's like a build for it. So, when I watched this the first time, yeah. I remember distinctly being like, okay, we finally see him. Yeah. Whereas this time around, I was like, oh, yeah, fucking right. It's like, now we're, we're getting to it, you yeah. know? Especially because the whole part up until this point, like, we start finding out, like, because Kay's thinking that it's him. He's thinking that he's the child. Exactly, because he's got those implanted memories. The implanted memories, plus he's looking through the records, and yep. he finds out that at that point, like, there was a boy and a girl, mm-hmm. you know, so he's just like, oh, it was me. Uh, oh, uh, before I forget, I love the uh, relationship he has with Joy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I thought that was actually, it was one of those where I was like, that is super cute, that replicant. Him, she calls him Joe. <laughs> yeah, a replicant yeah. is uh, in love with a hologram. Uh, a hollow assistant, I guess you could say. <clears throat> but even just that cool part where he's eating the fucking slop and she superimposes like this beautiful meal that she made for him. Yeah. I was like, this is cute. 
Yeah, All of it was cute. Uh, when she gets Mackenzie Davis to show up, and then yeah, that was a cool scene though. How she's mimicking the body, just the way yeah, that was shot. That was crazy was like, cool. That, that had to be hard to do. Yeah, really. Uh, and also, I I like the I love it when he gives her like a tangible body, and he's like, "You can do whatever you want. What's the first thing you want to do?" Yeah. She goes on the rain. Yeah, and it's this beautifully shot scene where like it's interspersed with parts where she's like holographic, but then yeah. it's like. Full form. I was like, this is and just. And then it starts incredible. to eventually bounce off her. And yeah, I was like, man, this is just genius. So yeah. that I thought was a really. This is a great love story, actually. Yeah, like a really great yeah. love story. Um, <clears throat> not the best endings to the that love story. It was a tragic end. Very tragic. Very so tragic, it led but... to probably the most beautiful shot in the whole movie. Yeah, like it's it's getting harder to quantify. When she when when Joy's face. Is that that blue-haired giant hologram? Yeah. And she comes down and looking like he's standing there on the bridge and looking at. Yeah. Then they do that side shot. I was just, oh my god, because cinematography in this is just as gorgeous as the first one. Oh man, I actually would say that it's it is better. I think it's better. It's better. It's, yeah, it's like Blade Runner is amazing because it's showing you something you've never seen before, mm-hmm. and for the time period and even for the budget yeah. that they had, they were able to make something that still stands up shoulders to something with a multi-million dollar yeah. budget with the state-of-the-art special effects so it should just annihilate Blade Runner and it doesn't Blade Runner like I said is shoulder to shoulder but this just edges it out because like I gotta say that extra 42 minutes of movie it allows for these expansive shots that are just so gorgeous it allows to really flesh out the side characters Exactly, and so uh, Blade Runner is a really tight movie because it's really just a singular story yeah. with a couple of uh, plot, not plots, but threads coming together towards the end because the whole thing is to find Sebastian. So the remaining uh, replicants that Deckard hasn't found are trying to find Sebastian while he's trying to find Sebastian. Then when they find Sebastian, then that's it, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas now we've got, so we've got this... Plot with Kay and Joy. You've got Kay and uh, tracking down the replicant child. Yep. Just the fact that there is a replicant child. Yep. Then the uh, replicant refugees, or uh, no, uh, insurgents. Yep. Then you've got meeting the replicant child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so there's way more plot to this. You got movie. the whole Gerletto, uh Yeah, the Wallace. Wallace, all, all the Wallace stuff. There's a lot more plot, but. Unfortunately, it also leaves some threads open when it ends. Right. It doesn't tie everything up with a bow like the first movie does. Yeah, but I think that's uh, that's partly because of the machine of movies today. Yeah. Where they don't like to do a, almost like a clear-cut ending. They want to have like three or four or eight plot threads left open because their mind is always uh, franchise. Where uh, this is at least a Oh, trilogy. yeah. If this would have been big, guarantee we would have had another one. Yeah, exactly. Though it, it ties up Kay's story. So, I mean, story there's some tight. threads open. I feel... It's I also feel like um, Deckard's story is tied up, too. Yeah, I mean, it could... You go, could. It could go other places. It could, but I, I don't see the point, really. Yeah. You know, like, for me personally, I'm not like... I want to see more of that relationship. Because really, then it's just them catching up. and mm-hmm. You know? But it's like... That was a really beautiful ending, though. And just look at it, and they're looking at it through the glass at each other. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I was like, oh, that's no. the perfect way to end it. And actually, when it when it cut to the credits, I was like, ah, 
even though I complained for about how long it was, I was like, oh, I could have used another couple more minutes of that. I actually uh, was fine with that. Like, I was, I, I was fine with it, but it was such a beautiful moment. I wanted just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, like, I mean, that's where we're going to have to agree to disagree just because, like, uh, I was just like, oh, you know, that was a perfect mm-hmm. way to end it. Um, oh, no. Oh, uh, Diander Wallace, horribly creepy. Horribly creepy. Like, almost disturbingly creepy. We're just like, oh, God. Leto was actually really good in the role. Yeah, but it's Jared He's Leto. He's good at playing creepy, though. Jared Leto is, like, one of those actors, like, people, he might be one of those guys where people say he's he's an underrated actor. I don't feel that he is an underrated actor. I feel like the people that watch him and stuff will go, no, he's actually a great actor. It's just he's purposely not a huge actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you watch him in uh, Suicide Squad, Alice Byers Club, this movie, and you're all, like, it's three distinctly different characters that you're just like, holy shit, man. Wow. You know? But he's, he's, I think, one of those guys where for him it's about the the role, the experience. It's Mm -hmm. not about the money. Yeah. So that's why, like... Yeah, plus he's got his whole side gig with 30 Seconds of Mars. Mars So, I mean, like, he's not someone that depends only on acting. He's an artist. He's an artist. So it's just him just doing whatever he wants to do type of thing. Yeah. And you're right. Like, I don't feel like he's dependent upon it. Um, let's see. I used to say that this movie was beautifully boring. I now have changed it to it's it's arrestingly beautifully shot. Yeah. You know what? I, I did not find this boring at all this and time. And, and I was just about to say, like, the story is way more engaging this time around. But that's what happens when you watch them back to back, I think. Because I watched 2049, like, ten years after I watched Blade Runner. So all the all the stuff coming off of that movie, I didn't get. So I was watching a movie that I really didn't understand because I didn't remember a lot of Blade Runner. <clears throat> uh, like, I knew Decker was from the first. Didn't really remember his importance. The Rachel cameo in this is massive. Yeah, that's but true. Because when, when I watched it the first, the first time, time around, I was like, oh, right, because she was in the first yeah. movie. And, oh, okay, so she's the mother of the yeah. replicant child. Okay, all right. Whereas in this one, yeah, very but much so I was like, show, I forgot oh, she shows up. Same here. So when same she walked here. in and, and he's having that moment with her and he turned around, I was like, her eyes were green. Exactly. And then, then you're like, holy fuck. Apparently that one shot took a whole year to do. Because the actress had to learn how to be Sean Young, first and foremost. Yeah. And, like, Sean Young 30 years ago. And then on top of that, the superimposing that had to be done to make it look as perfect as it did. And Sean Young was on set that whole time. She got credited for it, too. Yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, all right. But, uh, yeah, like. So good. So good. Um, the highlight for this movie for me, um, acting-wise, is that Sylvia Hoax has loved. Yeah, she was great. Holy Christ, she was amazing. I like. She was amazing. She was so good. Um, I also really liked uh, the Joy character as well. She was, yeah. Those uh, were two yeah. of the standouts for me. Because like two women, as far as I know, I've never seen them in anything before. I gotta say, like, uh, I I think Ryan Gosling is an absolutely phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. This is just. Another one of those movies where he's sleepwalking through. Like, I know he's a replicant, so it's not like he's... Yeah, you know, I didn't feel like he was sleepwalking, but I no, felt like but he I... was definitely outshone by, like, the other actors around him. But I guess him. that's part of the, partly because, you know, it's he's a replicant, right? But, yeah. like, I, 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 it's like, uh, it reminded me of Drive, where everyone's like, oh, Drive is so great, he's such a great actor. And I was like, he didn't really act in Drive. You know what I mean? Like, he was just kind of, like, almost 
mute, so to speak. And that's another reason why I haven't saw that, uh, what's that one, Behind the Pines or whatever, that other rice, mm, rice yep. Efren or whatever. Effin, that was, a, it's a good movie, but it's a strange movie. Yeah. I won't say anything to spoil it. No, I, it's one of those where it like, I get around to because I do think he's an amazing It does actor. not play out the way you're expecting. Like, oh. Um, I love Drive. Drive's one of my favorite movies. Drive is amazing. I absolutely love Drive. Because he's great in it. But the move, the atmosphere. Everything about that movie. The is atmosphere incredible. is the star of that movie. It, the movie is so good that when I saw trailers for Baby Driver, I was like, uh, you know what? I'm not going to watch it just yet because uh, I feel like that's it's too similar. Drive, I watched in the theater, I smiled the whole movie. Drive is amazing. Even though, like I said, like I feel like he... I, I don't want to say he sleeps a lot, because then it, it kind, of, kind of ties him into like Bruce Willis. And it's like last mm. 20 years of movies, no, right? Bruce Willis is a sleepwalker, for sure. It almost feels like Bruce Willis hates being in movies. Yeah. And it's just like, you're Bruce Willis. Why do I gotta be a star? Mm. Yeah, like, like don't like, do movies then. Like Bruno career take off. Yeah, like, don't do movies then. Seriously. <laughs> I think I think he's I can see him retiring pretty soon. I think he's getting to that point where I don't think like, so. Like John Travolta should retire. Yeah, John Travolta should retire. Because his movies are not good anymore. I don't even want to I feel bad because I like John Travolta. Like I've never had a problem with John Travolta. I, I, I you know what I think it is though? I think part of it is that John Travolta I think John Travolta almost forgets or he thinks he's still a big celebrity, for one. Uh, two, I think he feels like he's a better actor than he is, because mm-hmm. it's he's not a great actor. No, you know I don't I don't look at his work and go, yeah, you know what, you could be, you're the greatest actor of all time. I just look at it like you you've done some good movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even like I would say. Well, I mean, Pulp Fiction is probably. What is it? Phenomenon? Oh, Phenomenon, yeah. Phenomenon and Michael. Yeah. Are two of the movies where I would say, like, okay, see, like, this is a pretty good showcase of you as an actor. This right here. Mm. Okay? Um, But I don't feel like it's any, like, he's any better. Or he's gotten any better than that. No. I think that was kind of like the pinnacle, so to speak. Because, like, I don't think Pulp Fiction is him really acting so much. Yeah. Because, like, I don't feel... <laughs> I might get a lot of flack for this one. I don't feel too many actors in Tarantino movies do too much acting. Like, yeah, you'll get flack for that one. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs, I would say, is definitely an acting movie. But most of his movies are just kind of like... Like, Inglorious Bastards, Django, like, from that point beyond... No, Kill Bill. Kill Bill definitely was acting. He was acting in Kill Bill. Hateful Eight. Sorry? Hateful Eight. I haven't even watched that yet, so I'm not even going to reference that one. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's incredible. Acting I'm going to actually have to rephrase that. It comes down to the fact that it, John Travolta isn't a huge celebrity. Yeah, let's go back to Travolta, yeah. Yeah, let's just attack him completely. <laughs> yeah. He needs to learn Nicolas Cage's way of thinking. It's like, I'm not begging anyone, I don't give a fuck. I'm just having fun. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. Stop trying to do big, huge blockbuster movies. Mm-hmm. Just do, like, this thing with Fred Durst as the director, the fan or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, yeah. That movie looks weird. I don't even want to watch it. Yeah. Like, I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to show everybody that he can act his ass off. 
I guarantee you, if they market it more like like the Nick Cage thing, where it's just like, I'm just fucking John Travolta, and I gotta do whatever the fuck I want, mm-hmm. and I don't give a fuck, because I'm running on Scientology dollars, I don't care. You like it? Great. If you don't, also great. Mm-hmm. Look at me, I look like a fucking weirdo in this movie. My socks are up to my knees. <laughs> and I'm in a movie directed by Fred Durst, who just directed videos. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. Very, very strange. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, back to 2049. Yeah, back to 2049. I don't even know how we got there. I also like I the... Know, I like that the replicant that. baby is the one that starts doing the replicant templates. Yeah. And that's why a lot of them have her memories. Yeah. Which I was like, that is crazy cool. Nice little link. Because, you know, like, they start tying in the, uh, the toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little wooden horse. Yeah, the wooden horse, and I was just like, which I I liked about that. Like, what I like is that when they do callbacks to Blade Runner, they feel reverential. They don't feel like, ah, see? Mm -hmm. See what we did there? It feels like it's taking from that movie and expanding upon it with their own story. And I felt, I definitely feel like because of the way it's ended with K, uh, K dying. Yeah, he died, right? Yeah. There's no way he was living. Yeah. Like, I mean, okay, we didn't actually see him die, so you could argue. And he's a replicant, so you could argue. You could, but I kind of felt like... But again, he's a replicant, so he'd die anyway. I felt like he he was like, my mission's complete. I got to his daughter. That's right. And then, so you have that that, uh, storyline's done. Yeah. You have, uh, you know, Deckard meeting his daughter, and then, you know, so I feel like... You could touch upon that in the next Blade Runner movie, but you didn't have to. No. So it's really just the uh, the Wallace and the uh, Replicant Uprising. Yeah, those you two know. little things there, which, I mean, they could really wrap up in any form of... They could do a video they could game, any, they, they could do yeah. a comic book. They could do it in any sort of media. And I would actually really dig a video game. I actually would really dig a video yeah. game, too. Get the guys that made the SX to do it. Oh, yeah. Hells yeah. Oh, yeah. Hells yes. <clears throat> um, what else... Uh, I can tell you right now, I will definitely be rewatching it, but it is going to be when I'm rewatching Blade Runner. Yeah. That I'll be rewatching this movie. I, I, uh, I definitely like, like I said, I'm super glad that I rewatched both of them because I appreciate this movie so much more now. Mm-hmm. You know, because me too. Like, it's just, I don't. I actually feel bad that for the longest time I was saying that it's the most beautifully shot, boring movie. But that was pretty much verbatim what I was saying all the time. Whereas now I'm just like, like, it's not boring. It's you, just, no. you have to be in the right mood for these. Movies. That's exactly it. Like, like if you're watching them at eleven o'clock at night when you're on the verge of already falling asleep, you're not going to make it. There's no point even starting it. No. That, you know, like start it at nine when you're still like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's what I watch a movie. This, you know, or in the case of this movie, eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Give yourself the three hours. You know. Yeah. But yeah, like, man. Such a good movie. Um, yeah, Cinematography Beautiful. The score in this is freaking incredible. Oh, Hans Zimmer and, I was just and this guy it. I've never heard of before, but man, Hans Zimmer is such an incredible He movie. is so great. Like, 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 you listen to this and Batman and, and Dark Phoenix, like, you can't even tell it's the same composer half the time. I, I'm so glad that he and uh, Christopher Nolan got together. Yeah. Because then I was able to hear this guy do scores. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I'm like, like, Hans Zimmer. Like, I was looking at his shit on Spotify. 
Yeah. So that when I'm driving to work, I'm yeah. listening to his stuff. I listen to his shit all the time. Because he's incredible. Well, I've been a fan of his since Gladiator Mission Impossible too. He did those two scores. In that yeah, month. I always forget that. That one summer, that. he did both those scores, and those are my favorite scores of the year. Those are great scores. It's a great, great Like, whether score. you like Mission Impossible 2 or not, Which the music is I so good. I actually really don't like Mission Impossible 2. He too. loves it. He's a super... Um, yeah. Even knowing that Haley Atwell is going to be in Mission Impossible 7 and 8... Um, and I haven't even seen Mission Impossible 7 and 8, I can tell you that uh, even though my Mission Impossible favorites list will probably be restructured, Mission Impossible 2, I guarantee you, will still be at the bottom of the bottom list. Love, you know what? 7 and 8 are going to be masterpieces of top quality. I agree. But again, <laughs> it's so good. You know, but you've got Christopher McQuarrie. Yep. You've got Tom, or Tom Cruise. It's huge that he's coming back again, too. But not only is it it's huge that he's coming back again, but he's coming back for two more fucking movies. Yeah. And everyone that lived from the previous, like from Fallout, is coming back for the next two movies. Yeah. I think Renner's coming back, right? He only took a break for Avengers. I think he's I haven't heard back. anything about Renner. I have not heard anything about I have a feeling Renner. he'll be back. But I hope so. Yeah. But again, it's tough because I feel like like, for all the flack that the previous movies got for not really being the IMF team, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, especially because when you, you get to Ghost Protocol, and I feel like in Ghost Protocol, they're like, yeah, okay, let's start getting them into a team, right? Because um, then you watch Rogue Nations, and it's literally like everyone's reacting to the insanity that is Ethan Hunt. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the movie, he's realizing, I need this team. I need these people. So when you get to follow. And it's a team, and they're all working as a team, and they're all like trusting each other to do these things. Like I mean, hell, even the end sequence where they're about to uh, disable the bomb, and they're like, "I don't even know if he's got the trigger." Yeah. I don't even know, but yeah. okay, let's just do it. And then you know, they're all just kind of trusting each other. So at the end, when you know she's on the team, like Elsa and everyone else, like Ethan obviously in. Um. Um. Simon Pegg. Uh. Shit. Yeah, what's his character name in that movie? JP? <laughs> JP! Benji! Benji, there it Benji. is. Benji, <laughs> that's right, right? JP. Uh, and now we have Haley Atwell. We, now, we don't know what Haley Atwell is going to do, but Haley Atwell might be the new uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, she could be the villain for all we know. But that's the other thing, too. She could be the villain. Yeah. She could be the new Alec Baldwin. Mm -hmm. Renner could be the new Alec Baldwin. Yep. Maybe that's where his role will be, is he's the new Alec Baldwin. I can see that. The Hunley. Yep, I yeah. can see that. But uh, I'm super pumped for those two movies. Oh, me too. Like, you know, it's hilarious, too, because, like, if you would have said 20 years ago, you would have said, hey, Chris, I know you like James Bond. I know you like Jason Bourne. I know. But you're going to think Ethan Hunt is the best out of all of them? I would have been like, Kenneth, you crazy. Yeah. You crazy mother trucker. You nuts, You crazy man. Mr. Falcon. You because nuts. there's no way... That I would do that, okay? Because, yeah. look, I love James Bond, and Daniel Craig's James Bond is the best Bond ever, but Jason Bourne is the greatest of all time. You said, no, what's going to happen is Spectre's going to come out, and it's not going to be as good as you want it to be, because yeah. it's it's going to be a giant step backwards from the brilliance that is Skyfall, mm -hmm. and the new world building and characterization in Skyfall. Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, but Jason yeah, Bourne. But Jason Bourne. And then you would have said, yeah, but he's going to come out with a movie called Jason Bourne, yeah. which is weird in the first place, yeah. and it's going to make you think differently about what they were thinking of in yeah. this movie. And then uh, Rogue Nations is going to come out and do what Spectre did, but a million times better. Yeah. Then Fallout is going to come out and make you go, 
wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. This is the best spy franchise, period. Yeah. And I would have been like, no, we already covered this. You're crazy, Mr. Never going to happen. But now I'm like, yeah, no. Now I'm literally yeah. looking at it like, so uh, the new Bond movie has to take the good things that Spectre did, because there is some good stuff in there. That's good stuff. But it's got to basically, like, like Skyfall Spectre, Rogue Nations Fallout. It's like a one-two punch where you're just like, yeah, but Rogue Nations did that whole underground group of assassins thing that Spectre was trying to do infinitely better. Mm-hmm. You, you had a crazy story about the aging agent. Yep. Done infinitely better. There were parts that were actually funny, you know? None of it felt forced. Nope. And it was gorgeously shot. It's freaking amazing. Then you get Fallout, and it's it's one of the best action movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Same. Yeah. It, yeah. Now Bond has to do better than, like, James Bond, uh, uh, Never Die Twice, or whatever it's called now, has to be as good, as good as Fallout. And I don't think it can do it. I really don't think it can. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know if the next Mission Possible could be as good as Fallout. Because Fallout is at this friggin' insane it's just, yeah. level. Well, like, it's it's so good that people are like making jokes about how it's got to be in space. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, no, it doesn't. Yeah. You I mean, could do, like... Where do you go? Yeah. But I get, well, what McQuarrie was saying. It's got to be, uh, like they say about space, but it's really got to be, like, where can he jump from? Yeah. Like, yeah, what you know? kind of crazy stunt can he do next? So, so I don't know, but you're right. Like uh, follow, it could be like too good for anyone else to follow, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. But I'm just saying, like, it's got to be as good. If it's at least as good as Rogue Nations or Rogue Nation, then I'll be happy. I think it will be because it's the same team. But no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Bond. Oh. If Bond is as good as Rogue Nation. I hope so. And I'll be happy. I hope it is. I Because I, there are stuff in Spectre that I really, really like, but then there's stuff in Spectre that I'm like, why I, would you do I that? I don't understand where Spectre went. Like, if Sam Mendes is directing again. We're going to stop because, I mean, we, we have to save this for We're going to wait to Bond and, and, we and gotta stuff. Wait. we got to stop. So, uh, hey, happy 50th Camcast, Kenneth. That is, that is, 2004 number done, eh? I don't really have anything else. Yeah, I got, I got, mm, I got nothing else. Oh, the only other the I the fonts were too tiny in the movie. That's my only. My only oh yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I agree. was like this at the time. Like, what the fuck's that say? Yeah, no, I I agree. I know it was for style was, or something, yeah. but hey, if that's the worst thing I could find, <laughs> yeah, you're not right. doing too bad. That's right. That's you're not right. doing too bad. No, 2004 now I love, and I'll definitely revisit it now for sure. 100 percent. Um. That was a great campcast, Chris. That was an absolutely that was a great fun one. 50th campcast. That was a fun one. And I, hope, one. I hope everything recorded good because so, I don't want to redo that. Well, put your headphones on real quick. Real quick. If you can hear me, then you know you're good. Can you hear me? I hear you. Hey, look at that. So if the camera stopped, then, then at least you're going to still get a podcast. That's right. You'll at least get something on the old SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, but yeah. In, in any event, it's, like I said, SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Apple Music. Podcast. Apple Podcast. Oh, why oh, did they change man. it? Man. The artist formerly known as iTunes. 
That was good. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, we'll go there. That's KenCast50. Thank you so much, everyone, for uh, all 76 of you. All 76 of you, thank you so much for being here for the 50th. And oh, thank you in advance man. for being here for the 100th and the millionth. The 100th. We're going to make something special for the 100th. But we got to be at least 24 followers higher then so we can give away some shit. I want to give away stuff. I want to give away stuff, Chris. I just want it to be give easier to find on YouTube. Yeah. You, I thought you were going to start being like, give it away, give it away, give it away now. I was going to go. I was, I was saying, Bob. Why would you stop, though? Give I would have said, away, give it that's away too late. Now. It's too late now. Ah. Why, why you got to do that? I might have still done it. You would not. You ruined it. You already chickened out. You ruined it. You chickened out. You ruined it. No, I did not. I, uh, I got I called you on your bullshit. I got nothing. That's right. But Although, no, before I forget, that's an absolutely sweet shirt. Thank you very much. Absolutely sweet shirt. I am shirt. finding some sweet shirts at Walmart of all places lately. I uh, I went through a stretch where some of the shirts I was buying was from Walmart because like they're just they're awesome cool. and they're twelve bucks. Yeah. Compared to buying like a specialty shirt from the comic store for thirty. At least. At least. At least thirty. At least thirty. Like, Although so I gotta say those thirty dollar shirts though. They're usually really fucking cool. The level of the like the quality of the shirt too. Oh yeah. Like that's yeah, this is you'll wear through that in a year. Yeah. Like it'll start here and then yeah. you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like it'll be a tank top in no time. Muscle shirt. Alright everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you next time. These pancakes are delicious.